0: Hey, pilot wife and aviation professional. On today's show, I'm going to be chatting with three women who've experienced the highs and the lows of the flow from regional airline to mainline airline and everything that goes along with that. The money, the schedules, the frustrations, and the good times. Welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast, your ongoing checklist for navigating your best life as a pilot wife and family. I'm your co captain, Jackie Elmer. I've been a pilot wife for over three decades and can't imagine any other lifestyle. It can be turbulent, lonely, and it can be the most fabulous life you could ever imagine. Do you have a question or suggestion for the show? Ask it at ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. And if you want the Pilot Wife Checklist, 7 Keys to a Fabulous Pilot Wife Life, go to PilotWifeChecklist.com. Now, stow your baggage and strap in. Let's unpack the Pilot Wife Life. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pilot Wife Podcast. Today, I'm super thrilled to be bringing you three outstanding Pilot Wives who have great stories and insights and experiences to share with you about the process of going from regional to mainline um, and the process that they went through and just a lot of the different things that you can plan for It's different for every single person, but hopefully this will just give you some insight into some things to expect, to plan for, and hopefully you'll have a fabulous experience, whatever it might be for you. So I'm just going to go around, have each one of you ladies introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your background besides being a pilot wife, because we have identities too, right? Um, And then we'll kind of get into some of the questions. So Kristen, we'll start with you.
1: Hi, um, everybody. My name's Kristen and I live in St. Louis. My husband and I um, are, well, I'm from here, but I transplanted him here. Um, He is uh, at American Airlines, but he was at Eagle for many years before that. And he's an Airbus uh, first officer in New York City. Uh, We've been married about 12 years. We have two kids, 10 and 6. And um, I am a software entrepreneur (laughs) outside of my pilot wife life.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's fantastic. Jessica, how about you?
2: Okay, everyone. I'm Jessica, and I am in Utah. Uh, My husband's based out of Phoenix, and he is with American Airlines. And um, he was with Eagle slash Envoy for a little while there. And see, we met at, we met at church actually, and, um, I'm from Utah. He's from California and we've been married for about 18 years. We have four kids, 16, 10, I've dreamed, about eight and five. Ooh. And then, uh, so I'm a photographer besides being a pilot
3: wife and a mom at home. Deanna. Hi, my name is Deanna. I live uh, very near South Bend, Indiana. Uh, I was born here, but I lived in Daytona Beach for a long time. That's where I met my husband. I am currently in transition in life. Uh, I have been caring for my family for the last several years. Prior to that, I was a retail sales manager and a retail trainer. My degree is in television production and communications. Uh, What I'm kind of trying to do right now is put myself together, got a lot of ideas. My passion is genetic genealogy. I've been helping people find their families, uh, find out information about their biological families. That's a passion of mine. And I kind of like to marry that together and make personal documentaries. That's what I was also doing on the side. I was making memorial videos uh, from home because I needed to care for my, I had an aging mother at home and a 23 year old son with special needs. Uh, my husband and I met in Daytona Beach when he was going to Emory Riddle. We've been married for 28 years, and we have two sons that are almost 31 and 23.
0: Great. Love that story. And I love what you do. I um, Deanna was at my home a few months back when I had a pilot wife fly in, and she was brave enough to brave the unknown and not knowing me, whether I was a stalker or serial killer or what I was, but came out. I'm definitely and was- a stalker. <laughs> of the good kind though. Right. Yes. But it was fun to hear your story. And I think that's such a fascinating, um, really caring and well-needed field that you're in. So I I really love that, but that's a side topic. All right. So tell us a little, it's kind of funny. I, my husband was American airlines as well and Eagle. And, but interestingly, we were the first Eagle that was bought. We were with a, a regional, I worked in the airline industry too um, moved to Nashville. I didn't start dating him till Nashville. I knew him for three years, but moved to Nashville as the Eagle to open the Nashville hub back in the eighties. Um, and then w- we were the first Eagle that was bought by AMR and, and brought in, but back then they had a total fence around it. There was no flow through. They were not hiring from within, which was kind of dumb when you think about it, but they weren't hiring from within. So he, he ended up leaving, going to work for America West there for three years and then got hired by American. It was kind of funny when the whole big merger happened and America West came into it. He looked at the seniority list and he was like, you know, if I would have stayed, I'd have been like 3000 numbers senior, (laughs) but it would have been a totally different life. But it's just funny. Like you look back and you look at all those different things. So this whole experience of what you all went through in terms of flow through and that whole thing is very new to me in terms of experiencing it myself. So I'm super interested to hear too. So, um, Kristen, let's start with you. We'll just kind of Stay in order. Tell us a little bit about your experience with that, with Eagle flowing through and how that process worked for you all.
1: So, my husband was at Eagle for 13 years before he um, got to American Airlines. When I met my husband, um, I was a flight attendant at Eagle, actually. So, I was also in the industry. And I just When I look back at that transition going, because it was so long waiting, um, and for a long time, I don't know how many people are really familiar with what was going on at Eagle at the time, but there was a point where we thought Eagle was going to close down. Um, I don't know if you all remember any of that, Um, and we were still at Eagle, so we started to make plans. I remember doing so much to help my husband with his logbook. And the applications going out, um, it was a really interesting time at Eagle because if you could get out um, and get a job at United or Delta or Southwest or anywhere, you were taking it. And um, it was kind of a gamble to stay and see what was going to happen at Eagle, even though um, my husband was lucky enough to be part of the group um, that was able to bring their benefits with them but certainly we were very afraid, uh, that we weren't going to make it at all. And then when we did make the transition over, it was a very big pay cut, um, and a huge schedule change (laughs) to go from Eagle to American. And then we had little kids. So it was really kind of a scary time for us, um, in our marriage and, you know, financially that's I remember the most about (laughs) the transition just, it was like, Peaks and valleys every day. It felt like something different was happening and it was very scary. What year was that?
0: Years, oh. I should say.
1: <laughs> the years that, um, that we thought Eagle was going to close. Oh gosh. Now you're putting me on the spot a little bit to see if I can, um, if my brain can work that bad. Uh, I, I, I don't know, perhaps Jessica or Deanna knows you guys. I, I know Deanna was shaking her head when she remembered when that was going to happen. I,
3: I do, but I was thinking I'd just call the pilot down here and ask him. I
1: know my husband's <laughs> in another room. I should ask him what year that was going to be. Um, it it was just very scary. Uh, I, I remember looking for jobs myself, going to my employer and saying, any more hours." You know, we're worried that Scott's going to lose his job. Um, now I'm going
0: to come back around. I'm taking some notes here. I'm going to come back around to that because I don't remember ever hearing. But you know, it's kind of funny. You reach a point like I re- people somebody had posted once in, in the American Pilot Wives group about um, the, I can't remember, I think the 93 furloughs, the year of 93. And I had just had my first child in 92. And I, I remember going to my husband and saying, there were furloughs in 93. Like he barely <laughs> squeaked by, thank goodness. But I was still so busy being a mom. You know what I mean? With, sometimes you get so entrenched, with that stuff that you lose track of different things that go on. So I'm going to blame my ignorance about what was going on with Eagle on that part of it. And I was gone from the airline by then. So, <laughs> but we, yeah, you I know wasn't. what, you,
1: there's so much to worry about what's happening at your own airline. It's hard like, to know what's going on anywhere else. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, it's true, but it's so funny. We had, we had and have so many friends from Eagle because we were that Nashville base of Eagle and that mm-hmm. whole part of it. And and a lot of them didn't move on to another airline. They were caught in the, you know, the long flow through thing too. So yeah, I should have been more on top of things, but anyway,
1: nah, we forgive you. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Thank you. Jessica, tell us your story. Um, so ours
2: was I, it's different because we went through the bankruptcy is what made us wait. Uh, So the flow-throughs were happening, I believe, before that happened. Um, And all I just remember hearing my husband say, he was actually a rep with, the he was one of the guys that the pilots could grab and eagle to talk about union stuff. He went through that training. But we, um, so he, was we were always listening to union calls and things like that together. So we, I kind of knew what was going on, but didn't know at the same time so all i knew was we were having they were technically pulling the eagle name and turning it into a brand and so we ended up becoming envoy and then the bankruptcy happened i think around the same time and i think this was about 2013 this happened because i remember because it was my third kiddo (laughs) <laughs> and we were so worried about what was going to happen, especially because that was a my most difficult pregnancy. So I went into preterm labor and it wasn't from stress or anything. It was just, it happened that way. So my husband was worried, but, um, cause he even got awarded captain for Eagle. And then when the bankruptcy happened, we went back to being an FO. So we were like, this is not fun.
0: And then how long was it till he flowed then?
2: He Mm -hmm. became a captain, I think 2014. So it really wasn't that long of a wait to become captain after everything moved. Um, But then we flowed in 2018. So we still had four to five years from the bankruptcy waiting for the flow through. And then we were just, he was the one who was most worried. I kind of just was doing the mom thing, worrying about little kids. Um, I did worry about, you know, finances and things and since most of us pilot wives, I'll handle the budgets. <laughs> and that's what I was doing. So I would see it happening and go, oh, how are we gonna do this? How are we gonna do this? And there, he even picked up uh, when the bankruptcy happened, he picked up an extra job on the weekends cleaning at a warehouse so it was kind of like oh okay let's really try to figure out what's going to happen now the glamour
0: life of a pilot right
1: it's so scary (laughs) it's such a scary time the ups and downs
0: yeah it's turbulent turbulent to coin a few airline phrases right right exactly all right Deanna I know you have a story so let's hear it girl (laughs) Well, you know, Jackie,
3: that's really a very broad question with many, many answers. And all of us, there's a group of us who have very unique experience with uh, the life that we've had starting at the regionals and going, and it was a long, long time. Many of us endured not only the bankruptcy, uh, September 11th, the mergers, the bankruptcy, the retirement age being bumped up from 60 to 65. Those are all things that greatly impacted our pilot's ability to flow through. And it was long. Um, You know, now I'm glad that we took all that, but the sacrifices were immense. And I feel like we were always having a carrot dangled in front of our face to keep us to stay lots of peanut butter and jelly. I call it our uh, hamburger helper days Uh, for the spouses that had to stay home and take care of their families. It was incredibly difficult. Um, yeah, it's, there were many times when my husband was on the brink of a promotion or changing metal, um, you know, making captain when September 11th happened, he was going to make captain uh, at American Eagle on the next bid. Luckily for us, it worked out that he was a senior F.O. as opposed to a uh, junior captain. So that way, the good news was that he stayed employed the whole time he wasn't out on the street. The thing is, is that like you were just talking about the pilot white life, uh, you know, it wasn't the glitz and glamour that we remember from the movies in the 70s. I mean, it was, uh, you know, uh, he likes to think of himself sometimes as a glorified bus driver. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I'm I sure I can expound on any of that. But uh, he is he started in uh, uh, he got hired in the spring, late spring, early summer of 1999. His class was in August of 1999. Um and then I was just thinking of a funny story, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, and then uh he started uh with American, he flowed through and his first class was in February, so he's been since February of 2016, almost 17 years at Eagle, and he's he just stuck to it because you know, not only was American Airlines having difficulty, so were all the airlines. I mean, one one of them is they're all having a hard time. And the thought of jumping ship, going to another airline, I have a family, I have a family with medical needs. Uh, If I leave, I'm going to go all the way back to somebody's bottom of somebody's list. And I'm not going to have health benefits, flight benefits, you know, those kind of things. So those are some of the things that you know, kept us hanging
0: on. Yeah, and thanks for sharing that. And one quick thing I wanna point out for anybody listening, and especially those of you who are new, um, what it sounds like we're discussing here paints a picture of doom and gloom. And I wanna be quick to assure you that it's not all like that, but I, and I say this all the time and I have for years, I'm 33 years um, and, and the reality of it is the airline industry will forever be tied to the economy and gas and oil in the Gulf. (laughs) So those two things and war and, you know, things that we don't like to talk about, but that's a reality and that's never going to change. And so I think the importance of being aware of that, um, acknowledging it and accepting it is a big part of it. And, and then the biggest thing is to plan. So in the good times, enjoy yourself, but make sure that you're always putting money away for that rainy day, putting, you know, this away for that, enjoying everything that you can, but also just planning and preparing. Because when you're prepared, nothing is as devastating to you as the rest of it. And I I can relate to the whole. I mean, there's so many stories that we will be sharing on the podcast, but just even 9-11 and, you know, taking the big 25 percent pay cut a year later. We had just moved to California from Arizona Uh quadrupled almost every expense that we had, including our house payment, you know, everything. I always laugh because I say the only thing that's cheaper in California is your car tags and alcohol. And I think that's just to keep you there. But anyway, um, it's just kind of a funny story, but yeah, that whole thing. But thankfully we had prepared. Um, But also I think that gives us an opportunity as spouses to prepare, Kristen, just like what you're doing now with your entrepreneurial journey. That was, I mean, the year 2002 is when I really dug in and said, I don't want to go back to work because I don't want to put my kids in daycare. I um, don't want to sell this house because I love this house. So I don't want to downsize. So it's going to be up to me to do something. And I had a business and I kind of played at it. I wasn't super, super committed to it. I dabbled with it here and there. And, and I remember sitting out on the back deck with my husband right after they announced the pay cut and we were sitting there and he said, well, I'm going to, you know, i I'm going to say this as gingerly as i can but um i'm flying max hours i can't fly anymore i'm literally flying as max i can i can't i can't make any more money and pay was a little bit different back then it wasn't nearly as lucrative as it is today it was still great don't get me wrong i'm i'm not trying to you know be like oh poor us or anything like <laughs> that it was still very very good but not like it is right now but i remember and he, so he said you know we can either sell the house and and downsize you can go back to work. Neither one of us wanted to do either of that, or you can you know, really work your business. And that's when I dug in and I did that and it made all the difference. And it, I always felt like a real contributor too. So that was a good part of that. But I just wanted to interject that for anybody, especially new in the industry thinking this profession is crazy. Like I want out. I don't want any, part of this. We all know it can be fabulous as well. So I would love to hear oh, yeah, some so cool. of that from you guys, share a little bit of through all of this, like what you learned, its character building, how you grew together, you know, some of that I think would be really pertinent to hear too. Hey, Aviator, the Pilot Wife podcast is brought to you by peakperformanceforlife.com, the app that helps you create a vision for your life and the action steps to set, track and achieve your goals in the seven key areas of life, which are faith, family, field, finance, fitness, friends and fun. Learn more at peakperformanceforlife.com and welcome peace, joy, and harmony in your successful life.
3: Jackie, I know I'm kind of speaking out of turn, but I wanted to address something that you just said, you know, when you're talking about saving and planning and all that kind of things. And one of the things that I would like to share with other pilot wives is for us to acknowledge that every family's experience is different and everybody's family's ability to do certain things and their situations are different. You know, I had a unique situation when my husband began his career. I had had a pregnancy that cost over a quarter of a million dollars and was underinsured. Wow. Okay. So then, you know, and I had been working and we had saved money and then I tried to go back to work for a little while, but I realized that we were netting, a dollar and nine cents an hour for me to go to work and be gone for 45 hours a week. And that wasn't something that I wanted to do. There are people who have medical conditions themselves. Their children like mine have special needs. So the thing that I think when I was younger, especially just starting out was, oh, you know, look at the wives in Dallas whose husbands have been there all this time and they have the big fancy houses and the pools and All of that. And I'm here walking around with $5 in my wallet week to week to week, not because I'm not thrifty, not because I'm out buying coach purses, but because that was the situation family of five, one income, you know, so I don't want, um, I would never ever want to, I would want to tell the other wives, please do the best in your own situation because Not every person can go to work, not every person. I mean, there are a lot of times when I'm doing my memorial videos, I I do them so that I can do them overnight while my kids were asleep. But then I'm exhausted all day. So then I have to take care of how many of those I could do. So just be gentle with yourself. Try not to compare your life to other people and where you're at and what kind of money that you're making at that time. Because it will get better. It took me 17 years and oh, 18 because of the one year of the reduced pay. But then now it's like, wow, all my utility bills came this month and not one of them's on a green slip of paper. That was
1: what was my goal. <laughs> it's little things like that. And I right. don't, and not to cut you off, Diana, but that was That's one okay. of the notes I wrote down was um, if I was to talk about my experience, one of the things that took me a long time to learn. Um, But once I kind of like really embraced this feeling, um, I felt so much better about my life, which was trying not to compare my path to others. So that same feeling of how are we living this life, those ups and downs when I thought he was going to lose his job and everyone else was just sitting there pretty at their airline job. um, And I was like, what life am I living? How am I missing out on all of this? Or after we came to American Airlines, Um, A lot of pilots that came after us got really big uh, signing bonuses. And that was a really tough pill for me to swallow at the time because of that peanut butter and jelly story Deanna told. Like, (laughs) I was like, where was our bonus? And when you step back for a moment and go, my path is not their path. And there were a lot of things that we went through after 9-11. My husband graduated flight school, um, like right after 9-11, like the year of 9-11 is when he became a pilot. So it's like You can't compare someone who graduated this year without those issues, but it made a lot easier. Um, it wasn't super easy to swallow all the issues that happened in the, with the coronavirus and all of those things. I went into the coronavirus very optimistic because I thought we've been through this path before. And even though I wasn't right, (laughs) things did change really quickly, but, um, I just felt more prepared because I wasn't comparing my path to somebody else's. And I also, um, We've we've gone down this road before. We know what's going to happen. If you know, we were just prepared. We financially had prepared for something like this, um, and we had also emotionally gone through so many ups and downs that it made it. You know, just pile it on. Come on, let's keep going. So I think what De- what Deanna is saying, just don't compare your path. Just stick to what works for you, and I think that that's good in anybody's marriage, in anybody's life. You know, not looking to other people for validation in the way that it's happening for you.
0: I love that pilot on. I think we should make yeah. that a hashtag.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hashtag I like that. pilot yeah. on. There you go. Right. Yeah.
2: I really like that too. That was really good. Um, yeah. My experiences through like some of the, the stuff, I really like the non comparing thing. Uh, both my husband and I really had a hard time with that. Um, especially him, because he would talk to captains a lot. Um, and he would, he was talking to different pilots from other airlines that would commute on his plane. And then he'd get all excited about, oh, maybe I can apply for FedEx. Maybe I can apply for this. And he's like, and then we'll be so much better off. We'll do that. You know, I'm like, let's just take a step back. But then I was doing it to myself too. So it was really hard sometimes to not compare, but there were times where I look around and I go, this is my life and I love it. So it's kind of, I guess it's kind of like a push and shove game, right? When we, when we do stuff like that to ourselves, but you know, we, hard. it is hard, um, but I really like your optimism on that, Kristen. That was really good. Like, and it's, with COVID, when everything was going down with that, I was the one having to like, look at my husband and say, look, this is what we're doing. We had just bought a house in 2019. So we were like, (laughs) trying to figure out what was gonna make it work. And, but I was able to finally just say, yeah, we'll be fine. I just kept having to tell him. We'll be fine. Let's take it one step at a time, which I think everybody should do no matter if your flow through or how many years you've been in the airlines, you just one step at a time, one day at a time, and just kind of look at it day to day sometimes, even if you're struggling really hard.
1: And something that I, my husband and I had come up with, he was really struggling with um, when we did come to American Airlines and he's New York based, which is three airports and he commutes. And it was such a a change for us. And then some people that he came up to American with, um, made decisions to go to Miami or go to Chicago, a change. And he was worried about getting seat locked. And we got so caught up in, are we making the right decision? Should we do something different? And that I finally said, you know what, whatever you decide, just, we're going to do six months of this. We're not going to worry about it every day for six months. (laughs) At the end of six months, we will look back and go, should you see change? Should you go to uh, Miami? What does it look like now? But if we spend the next six months every single day worrying about this, we'll drive ourselves nuts. And so making decisions and making a timeline decision and going, just we'll revisit it in six months. Until then, forget about it. Just live your life. Don't worry about what other people are doing um, or what would be a better decision. And stop looking at your bid and stop looking at your displacement we'll look at it in six months. And that takes a lot of pressure off you to make decisions because you know when you're going to look back at it. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you do, sometimes things have become so much more clear or sometimes they're worse and you you could add another six months onto it. But either way, having those types of timeline decisions really has helped us um, as we've kind of navigated through what to do.
3: Kristen, that's really good advice. And we're actually kind of there right now Uh, Pre-COVID, we had just put a down payment down on 2.3 acres of property for our piloty dream house. I'm still in my starter home, (laughs) which now I'm very thankful for because my mortgage is tiny. That's something I can be thankful for. But yeah, I'm tired of certain things in this house and there are things I would like and stuff like that. But then right when COVID hit, I was going through the end of my mother's life. And then we just, thank you. And then we had, you know, this down payment down on this property and we, you know, we're like, okay, we're not going to do that. But that's the thing we've just done. We're having uh, what my son calls paralysis by analysis. What should (laughs) we do next? I mean, he's on the cusp. He should make captain this next bid to where he wants to go. But the same thing that you were saying, are we doing the right thing? And should we stay here and remodel the heck out of this house? Or should we move? And then his parents are kind of like, well, you know, are you going to want our house someday in the future when we downsize and go whatever? And they live on the intercoastal in South Florida. And we're like, ah, I don't know what to do. I said, <laughs> same thing. Like they said, with my mother's things, her furniture, you know, six months, see how you feel about something in six months. So we're just doing the same thing. You know, are we going to move? Are we going to, you know,
1: because on the second part of that is whenever you do make a decision, I have found it really helpful to not question myself. We made yeah. the decision. If you if you go down to Miami and you switch seats, <laughs> then we're not going to look back and, and, and say we shouldn't have done that. We're just going to look right. back and go, you know what? That's the decision we made and move forward. If you spend too much time in this industry, looking back at decisions you should have made um, there's a thousand things you probably should have done differently and better, but you didn't. And here you are. <laughs> right. It you doesn't know, help.
0: And I'm, I'm a believer there are no wrong decisions. My, one of my most favorite quotes is by Steve jobs. And that is, and I even have it right up here. You can't see it, but I'm pointing to it. That is, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to hold on to the faith that at some point in, you know, in the future, those dots do connect. So there really are no wrong decisions. And it's hard to remember that and have faith in that when you are making those decisions, or you've made that decision. And then, you know, this other door that you closed looks like it might've been more promising. You just don't know where each step is going to lead you, but you do have to have that faith that it's going to ultimately lead you to the right place. And then, you know, Comparison is the thief of joy. And I think it's easy, especially now with social media, we yes. compare our B roll with everybody else's a role. And exactly. thing, even, yes. even with our pilots flying with another pilot and them talking about this and their airplane and they're this and blah, 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 blah. What we don't know though, are the other things that go on in their life, right? So yes. life is 50, 50 ups and downs, turbulent, especially in this profession. And I think you do have to hold on to whatever's good and meaningful in your life at the time. And again, not to, I don't mean that to sound Pollyannish. It's easy to say that when times are good, harder to remember that when the challenges strike, but if you can just hold on to that, it makes all the difference. Um, okay. So what I would love to hear, and, and Kristen, I love yours. I'm going to have you email that to me, your plan, because I would love to put that in the show notes. Cause I think that was really Uh, really brilliant and insightful. And I think that will help a lot of people, but I'd love to hear. So how did you go about and and what tools and resources and advice do you have for handling your own stress and the home stress and keeping things managed as best you can?
1: I don't know (laughs) if we're doing that. Uh, (laughs) I think we're managing stress. It was, um, We talk a lot about decompression time and, you know, for my pilot, for my husband, it's, you know, you need to spend your decompression time decompressing before you get home a little bit. (laughs) When you get home, it really should be like a little bit free of some of those issues. Um, But it's, I mean, it doesn't turn off just like nothing in anybody's lives turn off. So I think that the stress is really uh, the best way I can think to manage it is, you know, the things I've already talked about and just, you know, being there for each other and being each other's sounding board for things that are um, important decisions or things that are bothering you. And then being able to just kind of let them go and move on and find the joys that are in our lives. Um, you know, my husband gets really upset about missing important things for our children, but and then I remind him all the things that he does get to go to. <laughs> so, you know, focusing on, you know, the positive helps, I think in anybody's stressful life.
0: Good. Jessica.
2: Oh yeah, mine, just the handling everything. Um, One thing I'm having a hard time with is just getting my kids to help around the house, (laughs) teaching, (laughs) teaching your kids to help with chores is stressful, but rewarding at the same time. So it's kind of like just learning to step back a little bit as a mom and let them learn on their own especially when my husband's not around to help uh, when he's at work or training or something um it's really tough when you walk around the house and go oh that bathroom's really messy (laughs) but that's that's not my job that's the kids i need to let them do it um those kind of things Um, some of the stuff to handle stress is gosh because i do it all the time i have to have me time if I don't have that time to just sit and watch a movie that I want to watch, my husband doesn't want to watch. So I'll watch it when he's gone or watching a TV show or reading a book or just having like stealing all the hot water from the hot water heater and having a great <laughs> hot shower or something is just exactly everything I need. Um, when when you have a bunch of little kids at home or this last year when everybody had kids at home from school that the thing i had to do we have a in utah here we have a bunch of soda shops and they have like different flavors and things i would since my oldest is a teenager i would be like okay i'm gonna go run a couple errands and I would treat myself to a drink like go out pick out a soda drink and just sit in the car like i've learned that some of my me time has to be just. In the garage in my car surfing Facebook or something just for maybe 10 minutes or so, and then I can go into the House and like decomp- you know be like okay i'm ready for this. Um, so that's my advice to all other, even with regional wives, I know it's really stressful so. You just have to make sure you set time for yourself, even when your husband is home. Um, Make sure they have a hobby because a lot of pilots don't have hobbies. It's kind of weird. I didn't realize that was not just my husband until I found the wives groups on Facebook. And everybody's like, I need my husband to have a hobby. What do you think he might like? (laughs) So luckily my husband's found that he likes mountain biking, but it's hard in the winter. So he has to have, he does some woodworking on the side. Usually just, I was like, just go do something,
0: you know, really, do something. I loved what you like, shared about the self-care part of it. And I wanted to ask you, do you, did you, and do you communicate that to your other family members? Yes.
2: Um, my kids know that, Hey, this is. You know when they go to bed that's my time like my me time is from bedtime to like 10 o'clock now sometimes that doesn't happen then but luckily um i do have all my kids are in school for the day i have one half day or so in the mornings like right now she's at school my house is quiet i can take that time too if i need to to like a workout come home and kind of chill do what I want to do for a little bit or get something done that I feel that will make me happier and make me a little less stressed.
0: Very good. Awesome. Thanks. Deanna.
3: Well, I've been sitting here listening to what other ladies have to say, and uh, I concur with everything that they've said. One of the things that came across uh, to me is uh, a few a few things. One is, is having a uh, great communication in your marriage and wanting your marriage to work and be successful. The second thing that came up on handling stress. Oh, let me, let me elaborate on that. So when your marriage is good, there's a lot less stress in the rest of your life that be, because life is hard enough. When you have a lot of things to do, you have schedules to run. So schedule, uh, for someone like me, it was have a routine every day. Didn't stop on the weekend, especially when my kids were little, if you have a routine, if you know what's going to happen, that routine stays the same, whether the husband is on the sequence or not, the kids get up at the same time, they eat at the same time, they go to bed at the same time, that makes it easier for you to schedule your errands, your doctor's appointments, and your time for self-care. Even when we were very low on money, I still managed time to get away. I thought of things that I could do that weren't costly. Uh, I did travel a lot, even when I had little money. Uh, I have friends, you know, all over the country. We would talk for a while. I would be like, you know, I really need to get away. And they would say, could you get to the airport? And I was like, I can do that. Get on the airport, get on a plane. I'll feed you. We'll hang out. We'll watch TV. You don't have to worry about anything. So that's a way that I took advantage of flight benefits. Um, I think that you need to make your needs, like you were just saying, you need to make them aware. You have good communication. You have a good relationship. That's a way that you can handle stress. The other thing that I think I have going for me, and I have noticed this trait in a lot of other pilot wives, is your sense of independence. I don't fall apart when things go wrong at home. I don't pick up the phone and call my husband or text him or bother him because I feel a sense of duty and obligation also to American Airlines to make sure that my husband isn't stressed while he's carrying passengers. So unless it's a critical emergency, he won't hear about that stuff uh, at home. You know, if the water heater breaks or something, it'll be something to mention, water heater broke everything flooded it's okay i cleaned it all up my neighbors came over but you know it's going to cost us x number of dollars to repair it so not falling apart and i think that um, i was i'm an only child and i was raised to be very independent have plan a plan b plan c so i know what's going to happen i've already in my mind thought about what i'm going to do if something were to occur and knowing getting recommendations ahead of time of who's the best plumber, who's the best uh, appliance repair person, who's the best person to put a roof on. You know, know those things ahead of time so you aren't scrambling. Um those are way those are some ways that uh I handle stress is to try to not put myself in stress in the first place.
0: I love that about the um A independence because I think that that is critical First of all, I think it's just important in life in general, whatever. I mean, that's just such a a great trait to embody and take on and develop. Not everybody has it to begin with, but it's something that can be developed. And that just empowers you personally to feel in control, to feel capable, to feel confident. But I also love the part of like having a plan ahead of time, especially for the home disasters. My very first night, as a pilot wife, when my husband went on his very first trip, a tree fell on our house, a storm came, a tree fell on our house that blew you know, blew out the electricity. I didn't know what it was. It was my first time in the house, um, you know, alone. And anyway, it was crazy. And from that day on, I just decided, you know what? I'm capable and I'm capable of making decisions. And I think the communication piece of, You're going to be gone sometimes and I'm going to make decisions and I may choose someone or do whatever that you may not love, but you're just going to have to back me and have faith in my ability to make the decision. And if it didn't work out well, we'll deal with it and fix it. But I'm the same way. Like I never wanted to bother. I remember him once saying to me, can I just tell you how much I appreciate that you never drop all the little stuff on me? Cause he's like, I'll be flying with someone and the wife calls and just gives him an earful and you know, all this stuff. And I, I, I guess I had kind of thought about it, but I also always felt very capable myself. It's like, if I lived alone, I would deal with this. Yes. And I did live alone for a long time and you know, was in the airline industry and, and had a lot of things of independence. But I think that's such a important thing in that communication piece too.
3: So Jackie, I, I think I might be uh, win the award for a uh, worst thing that happens uh, when your pilot is away at the very beginning. So my husband is in training uh, at American Eagle. We have a one-year-old son and a a eight-year-old son. And a Category Five hurricane is coming right, directly is going to make landfall in my city while he's at training. So you want to talk about, uh, you know, other people? That's a scary thing to begin with, and I'm like. Uh, okay, what am I going to do? I had my mother-in-law lived uh, five streets away from me, but she was also in the danger zone, you know, clearly. So what I ended up doing was I was like, okay, I called him and I said, I'm not going to stay here for this. I ended up packing up one box of important documents, things I didn't want to lose, a suitcase full of like my grandmother's handy quilt, some toys for the kids, and then one suitcase of clothing and he talked to the chief pilot just as he's just, I mean, he's in training. And uh, they did give me an A pass to fly with the kids. Got to give them a thumbs up for that. Uh, and I stayed in that little crappy hotel with my <laughs> kids while the hurricane was going on. But right away, I just felt like trial by fire as you know, a pilot's wife, your, your spouse is away, here comes a category five hurricane. <laughs> Luckily our home was safe uh and it did miss us. But uh yeah. Trial by fire.
1: <laughs> Feels sure. like that all the time.
3: <laughs> yes. So, trial yeah. by fire all the time. Well, his his um the pilot when they were sending me home, he was getting a pass for me to go home. Uh, because they gave me an emergency pass to get there, but they downgraded the sure. you know, the status for me to go back. And at that time, you weren't allowed to have. Well, I think it's still that way. Yeah. I mean, we weren't even eligible for flight benefits yet because he was in training. Right. Uh, and, uh, they seem to be impressed. He says, that's just a trade. He goes right away. You know, I, I felt very complimented that, uh, he was impressed with my ability to not get him all worried. He was able to go to training every day and I took my kids to play in the pool.
0: <laughs> nice
3: silver lining.
0: <laughs> yeah. we kind of had that experience. We were evacuated from California with the wildfires twice. Um, But the first time, and my husband was home both times, but the first time we had to get out that night, like quickly and went and found some, you speak, talk about a crappy hotel. Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) I don't even know that I would categorize it as a hotel, but it was all that was available because all of Southern California was evacuating from everywhere. And we had our two kids, we had a dog, um, you know, just all the craziness. And, but he was due to go to recurrent training the next day. And I remember him saying, maybe I should cancel. And I was like, no, no. <laughs> Cause I thought Keep I had your the job. <laughs> That's right. right. It's like, I don't need one other person to have to like micromanage, not that he needed it, but still it's like when you, when life is uncertain, it's like, that was the best thing for him to go ahead and go to training, deal, you know, compartmentalize and do what he needed to do. And I woke up that morning, he he went off to the airport at O'Dark 30 to go. And I got the kids up and we hightailed it back to Phoenix where we had moved from where I had a cul-de-sac of friends. I had family, I had everything. And I thought that's where I need to be. I need to be somewhere where I'm surrounded by people who can, you know, accept me and, and take care of it. And it worked out great. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a funny thing then too. It's like, Oh, what do you do? You just, you got to manage things. Any other fun stories to share of uh you know those trial by fire things? <laughs> oh, an, I feel like <laughs> they all all day. They all i goes
2: with Deanna's, but like not category 5 hurricane um cuz luckily luckily the weather system especially in the midwest we lived in Illinois for 9 years because of being with um Envoy for that time and being based in Chicago but we, he was at work. It was, I can't remember what time of year it was, but it was tornado season. And the weather people on the news were all like, make sure you're prepared, make sure you have water, make sure you have your weather radio. And they're like, the storm's going to hit sometime around dinner. So as soon as my kids, my older kids, came home from school, I loaded up the kids. We drove to Culver's picked up dinner. Cause I'm like, we're going to be eating in the basement and I don't feel like cooking right? <laughs> in case the power goes out. I don't want to be like, you know, cooking or anything. So I'm like, we're just going to eat out as we're leaving Culver's, the sirens go off. Wow. And I can't see anything going on. Like the, there was no clouds where we were because they had all bunched up South of us about five miles or so. Um, but we made it home We made it into the basement just before the hail and the storm really hit. And my kids were terrified because I kept looking up the stairs (laughs) to, to be like, can I go upstairs yet? Like, what can I do? We only had two tiny basement windows and it was really hard to see anything. So I was like trying to figure out what to do. My husband was at work. I'm like, guys, just sit and watch your movie. Don't worry about me. We'll be fine. And when I heard the last of it go through, my oldest was like, "Don't go upstairs; it's not over yet." I was like, "There's nothing going on." So I go upstairs. Luckily, I think we ended up having an F1 go by our house, but it didn't go over our house; Thank it goodness. went into the township next to us. But that kind. But we had a tendency to have a flooded basement, so I'm very thankful it was not a rain. Oh. A rain warped tornado because then we would have ended up with a flooded basement at the same time we were in the basement. Um, we had a couple of instances like that before uh, when my husband was gone, but I'm thankful we were all safe. I'm thankful that you guys were safe, Deanna. That was uh, still scary. Um, I don't have any weather that.
1: story. Nothing like this has happened to me. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I knock on wood. <laughs> yes. I know I it's going to happen this I spring mean... now. <laughs> Certainly I've had like flooded basements, furnaces go out, all of those things. They always happen when I am home alone, but, um, I think it kind of goes back to like what you said, Jackie, like you're just going to make decisions and yep. you just hope that everybody's just on board with them when they get home. <laughs> right. All, all it, things of life. Had to be made. Yes. Yes. All, we just th- all to make things decisions. of life happen, both good and bad
3: while our spouses are away. One of the things that I have noted is, and when I sit down and figure, I've taken his hours, right, and divided them by 24, by seven, you know, and Mm -hmm. how many, you know, I've calculated I've been nearly 10 years by myself. But the other flip side of that coin is, is that he's home a lot of the time, too. And I probably actually get to spend more time with my spouse than most people do. But everything good and bad has happened while he's been gone. Our kids have won awards. Got accepted to college, something cool happened, I won a scratcher, um, you know, and bad things. The power's out for four days. And, and really, some of the times when something goes wrong at home, it's only because I don't have the physical strength to move something or lug something <laughs> out of the way. And I just need another, you know, I need another person, or I like how he does something efficiently. And I don't like to have to sit and wait till he gets home for it yeah. to get done but everything. Babies have been born. People have died. There's been car accidents. There's been glorious times. Funny things have happened. The kids have said funny jokes or made cute videos. I mean, all of life has happened. And just as much as we are frustrated, I try and remember that my husband misses a lot too. And he is what is known as a slam clicker in the uh, industry. (laughs) He does not socialize uh, with the crew. He doesn't go out. He's not a big drinker. He might have four or five beers a year with a pizza or a burger. Um, And he's a real family man. So it sometimes to see kind of the sadness in his face when he's missed the first steps or the first words or that somebody has uh, gotten a star on a paper at kindergarten, you know, so we all while we are thinking inward, we also have to think outward of how it also impacts a person that we are in love with and mm-hmm. um, be gentle with them, too. And I try and remember that and not just like Jackie was saying, you know, my husband has told me, oh, my gosh, some of these wives and they're, they're probably pretty new wives like they haven't been married for very long and they're just texting him all day long I mean sometimes I go like 30 36 hours without talking to him like oh I don't get a text I talk to my husband every day (laughs) I I try to but sometimes he's been like especially lately he's been flying a lot of red eyes and stuff so he knows I'm sleeping but he'll leave me a text message hey I got to the hotel okay if you're still awake call me if not I'll talk to you tomorrow morning so you know Um, I I don't
1: know where I was going with that, but I think that there's a lot of, I mean, obviously you got to account for people's relationships are going to be very different, you know, and not Mm -hmm. comparing your path and not comparing your marriage. Right. Um, But I think on the other flip side of that is one of the things that we've talked a lot about in our marriage is he doesn't always want to hear all of the things he's missing. And I don't also want to hear all the things I'm missing. So I would say my husband's not a slam clicker. I, you know, I want him to go out and have a good time. One of the things that he likes about his job is traveling. Um, if he's on the beach in Cabo, I know he's in Cabo. I know he's on the beach. Uh, I don't necessarily I don't want to, want to know about all the drinks because <laughs> I'm here, you know, watching children and working. So um, I think that that kind of goes both ways and it kind of, you know, to, to swing it back, loop it back to the things that we were talking about at the beginning is just really good communication and kind of knowing when it's cool to say like this cool thing happened to you and right. when to like, just like back off a little bit and don't tell me about the cool thing. I don't really want to hear about your, your Mai Tai on the beach. Um, That's right. and so having that really, um, good marriage to start. So when you do transition from the regional to the mainline or go straight into mainline and maybe it's a different world because you're going military to mainline, um, those things, if you keep your, um, you know, your home in order, it's going to be so much easier. And, w- and that means all- in all aspects, financially, emotionally, Um, communication. If those things are in order before you make that switch, it's going to be so much easier because you're already starting from a good place. And if you're not in a good place, get there before you make the switch. Because I think a lot of this, a lot of people's marriages fail during big stressful times, like going to American mainline or going to United, whatever, Um, because they don't have those things, you know, kind of set and the expectations are for things to get better and they will not get better first. They will get worse (laughs) before they get better because it's just, it's very, it's a very stressful time.
0: Wow. Well, ladies, thank you so, so much. This has been so valuable, so many good nuggets and great conversation. And I really appreciate your willingness to be here, to share your stories. And I know that it's going to uplift, encourage, um inform educate and support many of our other pilot wives so any final thoughts anyone um
2: i was just gonna say i'm really glad that we live in an era where we have the technology we do because i've i have become that parent that drives me nuts but every time you go to a concert or a performance or something i'm the parent sitting there with the camera pointing at my kid because (laughs) i know my husband is missing it and He's not going to be able to see it. And even if my husband is there, um, family members that can't make it are there, at, or can't make it, I'm recording for them too. So um, I think that's one thing that really pushed me towards my photography myself, but just to videotape, I don't know about you, Diana, but the, and and Jackie, but like I know the video cameras from the '90s were like heavy and bulky. Yes. <laughs> yes, But like, just being able to do that for your family too, because it helps create that connection. Still, even if they're not there, and the kids know you're recording, and so they're excited that you recorded it, so that dad can see it.
0: <laughs> um, Great insight. Yeah, I love it. it.
3: It. I. I. My final words would just. Um, say the best thing that you can do is communicate your needs and um, and make a plan and stick to it. And oh, what you were just saying, this is what I wanted to elaborate on, Jessica, was that you said in this day of technology, I'm so grateful for what you're doing, Jackie and for uh, especially for Elizabeth Watley and the founding members of the Fun Pilot Wives group. It has been an absolute blessing to me, especially during very uh, difficult, time uh and if i would have had uh an ability to connect with other wives early on and know i'm okay this is something that is common that happens across all uh aviation families i think that would have been a lot of help so i feel really glad for the uh for the younger spouses coming up that they have more information and it's podcasts like this that you know make it possible so thank you for doing that jackie
0: Yes, thank you, you. Jackie, and thank you guys for being willing to be on and be vulnerable. A lot of people are like, "Oh, no, I can't do a show," but hopefully, you can help encourage them. This is just like I said, we're at Starbucks having a conversation. We're just chatting about life and real things that happen, and and just putting it out there. So it's it's wonderful. And for anyone, you know, this was an American Airlines chat. Um, anybody listening, watching, whether it's Delta, I don't, you know, any other airline, we would love to hear from you too. So this is not just for American airlines. I just happen to be American. So that's the crew that I know the most, but we want to share your story too. So reach out to me, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Let me know you're interested. And with that, ladies, we will close the show and we will see everyone on the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Hey, if you like what you're hearing on the show, grab the Pilot Wife Checklist, Seven Keys to a Fabulous Pilot Wife Life. Go to pilotwifechecklist.com. And if you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, go to ask.pilotwifepodcast.com. Share this podcast with any pilot wives, military wives, or anyone you know who might share a similar experience. See you on the next show.